Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It is Thursday, April 6th. It is six minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. We're glad you're joining us this morning. You can also follow along on YouTube. Just type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. So the White House Press Secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, she stumbled quite a bit yesterday while trying to respond to reporters who were asking her questions about President Biden's decision not to attend the coronation of King Charles III. Third, She was asked on three separate occasions about his planned absence to the event. She did say that the president had about a 25 to 30 minute call with the king. He congratulated the king. And then he she said that uh, Jill Biden is going to be going in his place. She also said that the two, the king and the president, well, they have a good relationship and they they've enjoyed meeting each other. And and Biden enjoyed visiting with the queen back in 21. But uh, he's he's not going to visit again. And it's being said that he's waiting to do all of his traveling to go to Northern Ireland. Now, so we mentioned this because the report came out, I think it was Yahoo that had it originally, that Biden is now deemed by his staff, supporters, family, whatever, as too old to do multiple cross-Atlantic flights. And that should be alarming to everyone that the president is apparently so old and feeble that he can, I mean, look, I I will not cross the Atlantic, but not because I'm old and feeble. It's because I am petrified to fly on an airplane. And you don't like to leave the country. And I would, yes, you're correct. I need to go somewhere. Now, I guess as the president, you're probably more protected in terms of free speech and right to an attorney and whatever than a regular citizen. But it's not because I'm so old and feeble that they're worried about me falling over dead or having a serious medical issue. The fact that the president of the United States cannot cross the Atlantic twice in a short period of time I mean, he flies first class, Casey. Mm-hmm. It's pretty nice there on Air Force on Air One. Air Force One, all of his needs are tended to. Now, now, if you were to say, Rob, you could do it on Air Force One, maybe. Because I, I feel like... There's a bed there. You could lay down and take a nap. The odds of Air Force One crashing. I mean, what are the odds, actually, of Air Force One crashing? Hopefully very low. There's got to be nine backup plans. You've seen that movie where Harrison Ford is the president mm-hmm. and he they take the plane hostage and he supposedly hops out of the plane. Yeah. And they've got to have all sorts of options by which they're not going to let the president perish in some capacity. But that being said, um, so one of the other things she did get asked about the other day, Corinne mm-hmm. Jean-Pierre, she being Corinne Jean-Pierre, was this indictment. Yeah. And she tries to this is so great they just lie with such like it doesn't even it doesn't even bother them when they lie she tried to claim she had no idea that biden had no idea about anything related to the indictment and casey Mm -hmm. he found out from his staff just like everybody else just like everybody else as as he was last week when uh, when the announcement was made uh, of the uh, of, uh, of, a, of an indictment uh, he was of course uh, briefed by by the his senior members of his staff uh, just like as we, we all found out you all learned uh, through uh, through uh, reports uh, the media reporting and that's all I have I don't have anything more to share on that and 
He's too busy turning down party invitations to focus on this <laughs> indictment, Rob. As though the president of the United States would be just totally in the dark about the indictment of the front runner for the other party's mm-hmm. nomination. It's amazing how sure. little information she has when it's convenient for her. Yes, absolutely. All right. So then she also uh, said, you know, Biden, he's not focused on this indictment Mm-mm. at all something that the president is going to continue to focus. How do we build an economy that leaves no one behind? So that's what the president is doing. I've been very clear about that. That's going to be his focus. He's not focused uh, on on this indictment. That's not what our focus is on. That's something that is an ongoing case. Uh, we, we will let others deal with that. Our focus is what the president was elected to do, is make sure that we deliver for the American public. What is the focus of the president right now? What is he focusing Great on? Great question. Isn't that a fair question for politicians across the board and i'm talking from the federal level the state level the local level what is the focus of the president of the united states what's his priority right now don't know is it the border (laughs) what's the focus of the super majorities in the indiana house and senate do you know no locally what's the focus let's pick the city where you live right here in indianapolis Mm -hmm. Joe Hogsett. Mm-hmm. What's the focus of Joe Hogsett? Well, it should be the rise in crime. I didn't ask you what it should be. I asked what it is. Oh, don't know. You don't know. There is, in most cases, most, you know where you do know? It's Florida. You know what that guy's focus is. You know what he's all about. But most of these people, you have absolutely no idea because they're simply going through the motions. The power, the title, prestige, way more important than actually doing the stuff. Okay, well, while everybody else was paying attention to Trump, Biden did veto his first bill. And that was to preserve the recent U.S. Department of Labor's rule about ESG funds and 401k. So the simplest way to put this is that he took a Trump-era rule that said you shall not have ESG in your funds and now you may have them. So perhaps that's what he's focusing on. And we have to ask ourselves, why would he do that? But there is somebody else who wants to focus and that is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He has filed paperwork with the FEC to officially launch his 24 presidential campaign. So he is the son of Bobby Kennedy, mm-hmm. the former attorney general. He was also a, a, a U.S. senator and then was assassinated while running for the uh, Democrat Party nomination um, for president in 1968. Yep. He's also the nephew of John F. Kennedy. Now, he is, Robert Kennedy's a weird dude because on a lot of stuff, he is a total left wing weirdo. He's, but he's a he's a big time environmentalist. But on the issue of vaccines mm-hmm. and COVID related mandates, he has oddly enough been very much on the side of liberty and freedom. Yeah, he's he's an anti vaxxer. But so it's going to be him, and you've also got that self help guru Marianne Williamson. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about her. So you've got two people who've declared that they're running for president on the Democrat side. And then you've got the sitting president who at one point said it was going to be after the holidays. Yes. Him and Jill were going to go home or they were going to go off to Delaware. They were going to discuss. Yes. 
And then they were going to make an announcement. Yes, that's true. And now no announcement has been made. We're sitting here in April, four months removed from the holidays, no announcement. And then I just read yesterday, it may be even longer. That's correct. That he will decide or announce that he's running again. Casey, he will decide when it is time for him to decide, even <laughs> if it is indeed in the fall. And this He will wh- decide when someone tells him. Well, <laughs> yes, you are spot on. So Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is interesting. He is not going to be the Democrat nominee for president, but... You don't think he has any no, chance? No, there's no way if Biden runs, they are not picking Biden to be the president if Biden decides he wants to run again. And... I mean, if Biden were to decide not to run, you would see a flurry of very high-profile names. Gavin Newsom, Kamala. You don't think Kennedy is a high-profile no. enough name? No, 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 no. Not any. No, not anymore. The bloom is off the rose. Camelot is dead. That went bye-bye a long time ago. But what is interesting, too, uh, about Kennedy is he's an agitator. And he don't care. He's a Woody Woodpecker of politics. Yeah, I mean, when you have somebody, <laughs> yeah, when you have somebody in there, who running, who doesn't have anything to lose, mm-hmm. they can be a very, they can be a very big detriment to mm-hmm. the party in question. And he is going to hit Biden and the Democrats where they are very potentially have the potential to be very vulnerable, which is vaccines, vaccine mandates, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, and he'll and he'll get TV time because his name is Robert Kennedy. Sure. So what happens then? Do they primary just like the Republicans would? Yes. Now their calendar is a little different. The Democrats are getting out of Iowa being first, so their calendar looks different. But it's exactly the same. They have a way they tabulate their their delegates. It's a little different than the Republicans, but it's hey, you go vote, and uh, then at the end, everybody. Uh, who has the most delegates wins. Does this open the door for others to put their name in the hat? I, I don't think People I don't, who maybe were, were... I don't think so. I just think you've got a guy who has a cause du jour that he wants to talk about. He's got a name. He'll get a platform. He will talk about that thing. But that thing is not going to be enough to propel him to be the Democrat nominee for president because he's at odds with his party on the issue of vaccines. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, the Democrat Party is the party of forced vaccine. They are the party of mandates. Hell, the president tried to get you fired if you wouldn't get a vaccine. So I don't think he's going to have a hard time. But he will be able to pull the veil back if indeed he decides to do that. Now, Biden's not going to debate him. Biden's not going to show up on a stage with him. But, hey, it's better than nothing. Make him play the game, Casey. You don't think that this would embolden anybody no. like a Buttigieg no. or a Whitmer no. or anybody no, else? No, no, no. Be- to say, nope, I'm me too. No, I don't know how many different ways I can answer this for you. No, because they have something to lose. They are they have a future in the party. Robert Kennedy is 69 years old. Mm-hmm. He has no future in the party. He's never had a, a, a present in the party. He's not been a, a political politicianary person. The people, you know, there's an old saying, if you come for the king, you better not miss. Well, if somebody ran against Biden and would probably lose, that would be just, that would be a disaster for you politically. And so you've got people like this guy and, and Marianne Williamson who just, what do they have to lose? Right. Okay. It is 60 minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So you remember that uh, Jill Biden tried to invite the winners and the losers to the White House in regards <laughs> to the NCAA women's national champs. Well, some people have a lot of thoughts on that, and we're going to get to it next from 93 WIBC. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Get it almost every night. Uh, Casey. Yes, Rob. I know you have breaking stories, breaking news, trending stories. People waiting with great anticipation to mm-hmm. hear those, but I do have some very important news for the audience. Yes. Through six holes, <laughs> Adrian Moronk <laughs> leading at the Masters. Seriously? What? Your guy. <laughs> 350 to one, Casey. Can you imagine what a complete a-hole I would be on Monday if this guy wins this tournament at 350 I to one? I hope it happens. <laughs> I really do. Because that, I, I, I want you to win some money so that you can go buy your future daughter something. You don't want to deal with me at all if I get a guy who is 350 to 1, right? <laughs> You're, there would be no room left in the studio. You would suck out all of the air. It's 21 minutes after 10. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So do you remember yesterday when, or was it two days ago, Donald Trump called for the defunding of the DOJ and also the FBI? Well, Fox News was holding a town hall type meeting and they asked a group of voters what they think of Trump calling for defunding of the DOJ and FBI. And this is how it went down. Donald Trump has uh, called for America to defund the police, particularly the FBI, the Department of Justice, uh, because the Democrats have weaponized law enforcement. All right. Who in this panel? Raise your hand. Who thinks that's a good idea? Nobody raised their hand. And this is what we talked about to begin the show is Trump's inability to capitalize on sympathy. We talked about this to start the show that hey the new the new polls just Trump, you know, up 10 points in the uh, uh in the primary or in the general election and now he's winning against Biden where he was losing before. Look at the momentum for Trump. It doesn't matter because the election isn't right now and Trump will do and say so many things that are ridiculous. Like there is a need, the reality is, and even if there's not, in the mind of the average person, there is a need for the Department of Justice. There is a need for a Federal Bureau of Investigation. Now, it's one thing to say, this organization has become infected with corruptness by nameless, faceless bureaucrats who aren't elected, who are manipulating American society, and we need to flush those people out. Great. Perfect way to, and I just, I just made that up off the top of my head, Casey. I'm not running for anything. I just pulled that out of my backside. Versus, we must get rid of it all and defund it all. The average person looks at that and says, that is not a serious idea. And you were just president. Mm -hmm. If you needed to defund them or get rid of them or whatever, why didn't you say something about it then? You don't like it because they're doing it to you, which you shouldn't like it because they're doing it to you. And what they're doing to you is ridiculous and people agree with that. But when you say, well, we got to get rid of every FBI person, we got to get rid of every DOJ person, that's not realistic, nor is that a serious proposal. And this is why he will spoil the goodwill. Okay, also trending this morning is the perfect U.S. road trip. Trending is West Baden Springs Hotel in Indiana. So an expert put into AI and said, give us the perfect U.S. road trip. It is 13,699 miles. And it's how long? 
13,699 miles, uh-huh. and the route takes you through 50 landmarks in three months, and it stops in all of the lower 58 states, and it takes nine days of nonstop driving. And it reaches through Mount Rushmore, Liberty Bell, Cape Canaveral, the Alamo, Hoover Dam, cable cars, and the stop here in the great state of Indiana is West Baden Springs hotel. No kidding. And also staying close to home, he was actually trending yesterday, but I thought it was worth note is Purdue Center Zach Eady. He chalked up another trophy to his case. He was named the winner of the Wooden Award. He's already claimed the Associated Press, the Sporting News, United States Basketball Writers Association Award, and also the National Association of Basketball Coaches National Player of the Year Award. The seven Foot four star, averaged 22.3 points, 12.9 rebounds, and 2.1 blocks. He led Purdue to a Big Ten championship and also number one seed in the NCAA tournament. But yes, we all know that's where the glory ends. Yeah, so hopefully those trophies will make him forget that he's only the <laughs> second team in history to lose to a 16th seed in the yeah, first round. Yeah, we're just going to focus on the positive for now. All right, uh, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, Tony Kennett will join us. Mm -hmm. We're going to uh, get his take on Holcomb, apparently a victim of a hostage crisis of some sort, because at the very last second, he signed the trans... The bill that says you cannot transition if you're under the age of 18. Yep, he had promi- 480. Yeah, he had promised not to dither. I don't know what you call it if you wait till the very last second, which he did, but he, he did it. And so we'll get Tony's thoughts on that. We'll talk about the property tax situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about, you know, we had Ed Delaney on yesterday, who's the state rep, the Democrat. Tony's got a... He's he's got a an he's got opinion. Some history, history he with has him. an opinion on so, that. We'll and we've got your voicemails. Although we're going to do this at eleven thirty, and three one seven six eight four eight four 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 is the phone number if you'd like to contribute with that. It's all on the way with Kendall and Casey on ninety three WIBC. You know him from Saturdays 1 to 3, the Tony Kennett Show here on WIBC, also the Daily Signal. All right, Tony, the governor, I think against his will, perhaps in a hostage situation of some sort, (laughs) signed the bill banning trans procedures for people under the age of 18. You surprised? Uh, I'm very surprised. Um, I'm very glad. Uh, I'm going to issue a hot take because I think that uh, given the the climate, you know, you got to praise people where it's due, criticize people as well where it's due. Uh, This actually took a stone or two to pass. Like, I I really think that this took a little bit of bravery, given the shooting in Nashville, uh, facing down a lot of people who are just kind of your poo-pooers of policy. And uh, although it took him a few minutes, he did actually sign the bill. And for that, I am uh, maybe grateful isn't the word because I wanted him to do that. I expected that he should have the power to do so. Um, but I'd say that I'm pleasantly surprised. Why did he do it? It seemed like he didn't want to do it. He talked himself into a circle on Wish TV several days ago. He said, I won't dither. Then he waited until the very last second, which if that's not dithering, I don't know what is. Why do you think he ultimately did it? Honestly, I think that the trans community has spent the last week and a half acting insane. 
And it wasn't saying, you know, the safe, legal and rare thing that they were suggesting uh, when they were trying to expand abortion access. But we're basically saying it's good. Every kid should have access to it. And it's a really wonderful thing. And uh, this kind of looks really bad. There's really no way that a rational individual uh, can look at this at this point and say, yeah, this is just some normal rare thing that some kids have. The trans community was pushing this down the throat of every child they could find. Tony Kennett is our guest. All right, Tony. So Rob has asked you, you know, he said that it was clear as mud. He couldn't, he had to ask a lot of people different questions. He wanted to fully understand it. Do you have any idea who he spoke to specifically and how they possibly swayed him? I've thought about that a lot. Uh, I've thought about different Republicans in the House and the Senate he could have talked to. I've thought about maybe uh, him possibly reaching out to some of the governors in that Republican governor, like group association, and asking them certain things. I believe that several organizations outside of Indiana had reached out to him. And this is where I think that things got a little interesting, uh, because you'll note how Eli Lilly and Riley Children's Hospital and, and all of the Indiana medical organizations have basically been calling him and telling him what to do nonstop for the last couple of years until this point there was nothing novel about them telling him not to sign the bill so as far as their influence goes i think it was spent by this point at least in a large way it's also getting harder for the establishment republicans to ignore this so when he finally started reaching out to other republican governors again this is just you know my speculation Mm -hmm. i think that he started to get you're just going to have to do it because it really is as bad as they say it is they being populists traditional conservatives and your more conservative libertarians uh tony kennett our guest you can hear him saturdays one to three tony kennett show here on wibc also find him at the daily signal Dot com. So we had Ed Delaney on yesterday. He's a state rep, Democrat from Indianapolis. He was here talking oh, about yeah. the property taxes, and he is he and Cherish Pryor before him a couple weeks ago both come on this show, both Democrats, willing to talk about property taxes. Republicans won't talk about property taxes. There's nothing that's going to come out of this legislative session that's going to substantially help people. And we, we just told him at the end, we said, you know, you guys got to start winning some elections because the reason the Republicans fiscally behave so poorly is because you guys aren't a threat to them at all to win elections. And this is a big part of it, right, Tony? When you've got people advocating on the Democrat side, whether it is for kids to be taught sex in kindergarten through third grade, whether it's that minors should be able to get these these uh, you know ridiculous transitioning procedures before they're adults, people just go, well... All my money's getting taken by these greedy, fiscally irresponsible Republicans, but that's better than uh, advocating for my 14-year-old to go from a boy to a girl. And then that's precisely it. So you talk about Delaney. He sits on the House Education Committee. The man can't read a two-page bill. I sat in session after session where he asks questions that are so inanely stupid that I wanted to smack my head on the nearest marble or limestone surface. It was ridiculous. And so, yeah, I agree. If the Indiana Democrats actually want to do something, they need to be more competent. Because right now, the Indiana Republicans can be this amorphous blob that doesn't really have to care. Because the Indiana Democrats are literally the contents of a 1992 Chevette clown car that won't stop puking out putrid smoke. And that's just where we are. It's a good thing you weren't here in the studio yesterday with him. <laughs> uh, I, I, he does not like me. I don't think that he would have stuck around had I been with you. Well, but this is the thing, Tony, is 
the fact that the Democrats are willing to lead, and look, I don't agree with a lot of their ideas they have on property taxes, but at least they have ideas so we can have the conversation. The Republicans right. won't even have the conversation. And we had Jim Merritt on the show earlier today. He was there for 30 years. He knows a lot of these people. He said they're going to walk this year, and they're going to go, go, and they're going to leave, and they know this crisis exists, and they know people are getting killed, and they don't care because they don't have to care because they don't have any fear of losing their jobs. Well, I think that's precisely right. Why would they have to care? Which is why it's so funny that Republicans in the House and in the Senate are starting to respond to cultural issues because they're finding out very quickly that there are groups of Indiana voters that will kick them out of office if they don't start acting like, quote unquote, fiscally responsible or culturally responsible Republicans. Uh, I think that property taxes are going to be a rude wake up call for a lot of Republicans in the House and Senate, but that actually requires voters to get angry and go to the primary box and actually put someone decent in office but you know that's easier said than done why don't better people run this is the problem you're absolutely right like the, i lived in a land of delusion for a while casey where i thought oh my gosh after rainwater everybody's awoke to these republicans and they're going to leave and vote for the libertarians well jeff moore did a lot better than the previous libertarian for secretary of state there's nowhere close to an awakening that people are leaving to go to the libertarians so you're gonna have to do it inside of a primary system how do we get the better people to run, Tony? What do we have to do? Well, first of all, you need to tear down the ivory towers where you have to be like some kind of a magical 30-year lawyer in business or, or something to run for office in Indiana, uh, where you're not going to be shut out within 13 seconds because you don't fit the qualifications of whatever Ivy League schools pumping out this Hoosier that's going to sit in the state house. It takes very little to run for the state house. All you have to do is not embarrass yourself, but you also do have to do the work of reading. As far as encouraging people to do that, I, at this point, it's a measure of saying what voters are so fed up that they're not just willing to go primary, but they're willing to be a part of the primary. It actually takes you getting involved in your county GOP as much as some might not enjoy that uh, to actually start affecting these changes. But what about the money issue? Because I, I think a lot of people would say, well, yeah, I, I would do it, but there's no way I can raise the money to make it happen. So I've heard the money thing over and over and over again over the last couple of years. And, and the thing that I've found most often is that it genuinely is the, the door knocking and getting people to go out there uh, more so than sending out mailers and flyers. I have not seen and I know the, the fiscal Republicans that are establishment that might be listening to this, you know, all three of them that are left listening to Kendall and Casey. <laughs> I, they might cringe when I say that money doesn't matter in an Indiana campaign as much as it used to. But it just doesn't. It really, the blocks of voters who are getting involved, who are starting to care more, don't read whatever mailer representative who cares sent out this month. They're more <laughs> interested in your communication strategy because yeah. that matters to them. Yeah, you Casey had an interesting point, and then you had a, had a great answer, which is, you know, like Jeff Thompson, who I have the great misfortune of him being my state rep, who has the creativity and intellectual curiosity of that wall I'm looking at right now, <laughs> sends out the this mailer tony like they all and they all do it's all a hundred of them and literally tony the mailer is is here's how you can get a hold of me mm -hmm. as though google doesn't exist and in, in 2023 everyone doesn't have internet who they couldn't look up 
how to contact Jeff Thompson. Yet this guy, who is the head of the Ways and Means, so he's the head of the budget, he controls the money, right. is spending tens of thousands of dollars, and they're all doing it on this slick, very nice piece of cardboard that also has to be mailed out and sent to people, telling me how I can contact him? That's it's all they even- think of my money. It's not even good kindling. I mean, honestly, I, I, I got one from Bob Cherry. And again, there's nothing wrong with the mailer in and of itself, except that it's, it's trying to do politics like it's 1995. Mm-hmm. It's not 1995. They'd probably be just, better served getting hot zips and having a, uh, a text. Honestly, I would, I, I would take a, a photocopied broadsheet or a QR code at this point. Mm-hmm. It would make more sense for Bob Cherry to go to the Greenfield Jack's Donuts and stand outside on Wednesday morning <laughs> and tell people what he's up to. I feel like he would reach more people. And again, that's not slamming Representative Cherry. I'm just making the case that we have a lot of Republicans because they don't have to put any effort in. They don't actually put any effort in. And so we're trying the same tactics. As soon as the Democrats get wise to this, if they ever do, it's not going to be pretty. Reminder, the Generation Z and millennial blocks are moving into the political sphere. Mm -hmm. And if Republicans don't figure that out, they're going to lose a lot of key races pretty soon. What is coming up on the Tony Kennett show this Saturday here on WIBC? Well, the dollar is finally beginning its collapse. uh, Mm. And I have been talking about that for years and kind of going over a few things, Rob Kendall style, where I go over why I was right. (laughs) And then we're actually going to be breaking down what this means for the average Hoosier. So how do you actually handle this without doing bank runs? How do you actually start setting yourself up? No one is talking about this nationally. They should be. This is something that's going to impact everyone far more than a show trial in New York. Mm -hmm. Tony Kennett, the Tony Kennett Show. Find him over at the uh, DailySignal.com as well. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, guys. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Good morning. It's 1045. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hammer joins us in the studio. How are you doing today? You guys always have donuts brought in. That's awesome. Yeah, help like, yourself. Who hooks you up? Does somebody buy them or does somebody hook you up? Officer Brad, he works down at the federal courthouse down there. He uh, he Our is protection. a fan, fan of the show, has the dog. He's the guy with the, the dog that sniffs and keeps everybody safe. He is a huge fan of mm-hmm. the show. And the dog's pre- always uh, freaking out by Nigel's office. I don't know what that means, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate him. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yesterday, we had a big day on the show. We had a bevy of Hammer and Nigel record oh. singles, but I think my favorite one was a little collaboration effort. <laughs> so, obviously, everybody's talking about the indictment of Donald Trump and the district attorney, Fat Alvin, Alvin Brad how he's a big, fat, grossly obese, partisan hack. So we decided to write a little song about all of that. The fact that Donald Trump is actually getting more popular because he was arrested, which normally that doesn't happen. Uh, So we put this little song together, and we're excited because, one, we got Donald Trump to actually sing a track on this, and um, I think you'll enjoy this. 
A grand jury here in New York City has just handed up an indictment against former President Donald Trump. Donald Trump has been indicted by a grand jury in New York. This is a legal and political explosion today to have a former president indicted in the city of New York. And people see it's bullshit. There was no mug shot, handcuffs, no perp walk by Fat Alvin. But if you see him, feed him. You just can't eat enough. And if you listen real close, you'll hear Don go. I'm so indicted. Come on. And I just can't hide it. My polling's going up. And I think I like it. I'm so indicted. Turn it up. My base is united. Stormy and Alvin, we know that you're fake news. We are fighting the fake news. It's fake, phony, fake. Little Pointer Sisters yeah. tributes from Hammer and Nigel Records. And Donald Trump in no way sounds like Nigel. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I love your read sing. I'm so excited. <laughs> Hammer, I don't uh, I don't know if you've been paying attention. Uh, you know, this is a big week for me. It's, it is. Uh, my favorite week of the year, the pageantry of the Masters. I enjoy, you know, I'm a high society thinking man's person and this is the high society thinking man's tournament you're excited to eat free donuts well i uh, you know the golf is going on <laughs> we had the uh the par three yesterday and then we had the the champions dinner and now the tournament is taking place and uh as i told you earlier this week there was going to be the greatest story in the history of sport take place this week in which Adrian Moronk, 350 to 1, is going to shock the world and win the Masters. And, well, Hammer, I'm going to turn this screen over here so you can see that. And I think okay. if you read there, uh, right there, there's, there's the your leaders there at the top. Right there. Oh, number one. Yeah. <laughs> He's in first place. Yeah. Through now, seven. Now, mind you, 90% of the field has not teed off yet. But <laughs> right now, you're telling me there's a chance. Adrian Moronk. <laughs> Now, what are the chances that there's like a, a hole where he's going to shoot like an 11 on? Oh, totally. I think a 12. <laughs> 12's got the water. That's going to do him in. Yeah, absolutely. No, it, but just let me have it. Just for a brief moment in time. Now, he was 350 to 1. Yeah, that's correct. For those who don't understand gambling lingo, if you were to bet $1, your payout would be $350. Yeah. And how much did you bet? A quarter. You cheap bum. <laughs> you no good it's cheap. It's an $85 payout, Hammer. You're going to be somebody's dad. <laughs> and like, she's going to come to you like when she's 15. Hey, dad, my friends and I are going to the movies. Mm-hmm. How, how much are the tickets? She's going to tell you. What? <laughs> <laughs> like, your reaction the other day to how much it cost to park downtown. I can't wait for you to become a dad. <laughs> He has no idea what's in store for him. Formula costs what? Diapers what? What? But she yeah. did kind of cheap ass it, right? She has a par- she has a parking pass in a parking garage, and she paid forty. Casey paid forty dollars to park it. Who was it? Billy Ray Cyrus or who was the concert? <laughs> it was would- Luke Combs. Luke Combs. Yeah, I would pay forty bucks to park at Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but it, you to see, achy breaky heart live. It's a religious experience. <laughs> it's a ten minute walk from our garage mm-hmm. to the Lucas Oil Stadium, and you're such an elitist that you paid forty dollars to park right next <laughs> to the stadium. It had nothing to do with being an elitist. It had to do with wanting to live. Because last time I checked, the guy behind your shoulder, Rob, is the mayor of this fine town. 
and the prosecutor would rather be a therapist. He thinks it's really cool to wear Jordans and be a therapist instead of, you know, putting bad guys behind bars. So I get it. If you were Rob Kendall and myself, we would park here and walk. Yeah. But if you're a hot chick and hot chicks travel in groups, Mm -hmm. then might be a good idea to park a little closer. Yeah. I wasn't with a bunch of big, strong men. It was me and a girlfriend and it was the two of us. So we wanted to be safe. Plus it was her birthday and I felt she didn't need to walk through the you know, questionable, dark downtown of Indianapolis on her birthday. Is that your one friend? The friend that you sent me the photo of, uh, Sherry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was her birthday. Okay, so she. Her do- no, no. Oh. You don't even know the story. Her daughters <laughs> bought. You were gonna say that I mooched off of her birthday tickets. Her daughters bought her the tickets. Yeah. And she invited me as her plus one. What a BS move! They paid for the tickets. It was and her they didn't birthday. Invite, she didn't invite a daughter. She. It was, don't take your family. <laughs> take your. Friend. Is your friend Vince McMahon? <laughs> Does he hate? Does she hate her family <laughs> no, so much that she, she would rather just spend a lot of money to not be around? No, him? she had spent a lot of time with the family already, and they gave her the tickets and said, "We want you to go out and have fun on your birthday, Mom. Here's a pair of tickets." And I even said to her, "Hey, I understand if uh, a man comes along and you'd rather take him. I get it. I'll step down." And she said, "No, no, I'd rather go with you." Wow. So, yeah. That would be like me getting my dad a ticket to the Masters and then him going, thanks, I can't wait to take my friend Dave. (laughs) Wow. Her daughter's already had plans, obviously. Uh, Sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Let me tell you, by the way, our seats, we were second from the top. This was at of the Lucas, Fieldhouse. At Lucas Oil. Lucas Oil. Lucas Oil. Oh, yeah. wow. Second from the top. For a concert. How are the acoustics for that? Very bassy. We, we Could you even see the people? Do they look like ants? They were little. Yes, they were very small. like at the Fieldhouse, even if you're up top, it's not that bad of a view. Mm-hmm. I've sat up top at the Fieldhouse before. Mm-hmm. It's not that bad. But man, Lucas is a horse of a different color here. Yeah. And for a concert where mm-hmm. you know that stage isn't as big as a football field, Man, that'd be tough. Yeah, well, we wandered down to lower levels. Did you play the I'm Casey Daniels card? (laughs) No. Did you wear something revealing and skimpy? No. What a crap. What a missed opportunity. I don't believe you. What do you believe? You you. know what really scares me at Lucas Oil? Have you guys ever been on those escalators? Yes. Oh, you have to go all the way to the top. Uh huh. Does that frighten you guys? That scares me. They're so tall. I'm good it's with like the escalators. They have them at the field house, too, but obviously it doesn't go up as high. Yeah. Uh, But. My weird phobia is I don't like being by ledges or bridges. I can drive over them. I'm mm-hmm. fine. I can get up in the air and fly. No worries. But if I have to walk across a bridge, I get a little jelly leg that's mm-hmm. weird. Mm-hmm. So is this your this is your friend that you sent me the picture of, right? That I showed you the picture of? Is it, is it showed me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because she's a little... She's a little older than Kevin, but we were trying mm-hmm. to... I had said I thought it might be good for Kevin. Mm-hmm who is single, to go out with your friend who is also single because he might learn some things from her. And I showed Kevin the picture of her, and you know what Kevin said? What? Well, she takes care of herself. See? That's a classy statement. Yeah. That's a classy statement. And she does. Because my response would have been different. (laughs) (laughs) My response would have been something along the lines of, I'm going to destroy her. But Kevin is a gentleman, Mm -hmm. and he's so freaking classy, Mm -hmm. that's awesome. You You ever gone out with an older woman? Just find gone out. 
<laughs> Have you ever had an interpersonal relationship with an older woman? Um, five, six years older than me count. Yeah, I was thinking like a substantially this person. I could... haven't gone cougar hunting. No, no okay. No, I, I was married. You know, when in my mid twenties. Mm-hmm. So you know, if I was going to go cougar hunting, it would have had to been long before then. And then you're getting borderline illegal. Sure. <laughs> well, Sherry would would go in the times two plus seven. She's not that much older than Kevin. Oh, okay. She's within the range. Oh, so she's legal. <laughs> yeah. You need and to so invite at the next A Night with WIBC. Uh-huh. Remember when on that debate stage, Donald Trump against Hillary, Donald brought all of the accusers against Hillary out and sat him in the front row. <laughs> you need to have Kevin's row of ladies. Okay. All all in the front row. All, Just my, a all big, my hot friends. Big row of thirsty chicks. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the night, I want Kevin to go full Tommy Lee and have a backstage rager. <laughs> and that would be a. Yeah, that would be very eventful. <laughs> I once went on a, a date with an older woman when I was in my 20s who had been a Colts cheerleader in the 90s. Mindy Winkler. <laughs> Please tell me you hooked up with Mindy Winkler. <laughs> you and Commander Casey doing unspeakable things. He's not saying no. Uh, but I really just went because I wanted to hear stories about Eric Dickerson and Jeff George. Does that make me a terrible person? Was it Mindy Winkler? It was not Mindy Winkler, <laughs> okay. no. Because you never answered the question. Yeah. <laughs> you think all the time we worked with Mindy Winkler, I wouldn't have brought that up to you? You'd have it on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I dated Mindy Winkler and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. Hey, uh, so Trump's going to blow this goodwill he's getting from everybody, right? Uh, I mean, there's a chance. My thing, and we talked about this yes- yesterday, and maybe we can discuss it in Off the Rails later today. I think fatigue will eventually set in. Because yeah. right now, everybody's like, we're going to fight this thing. This isn't right. This is bullcrap. And you're absolutely right. But imagine doing that every single day from now until the election cycle. Because that's what it's going to be. This isn't the only time they're going to try to indict Donald Trump or arrest Donald Trump. He's got stuff in Georgia. He's got stuff in Florida. He's got stuff in D.C. They're lining up. It's going to be exhausting. Are you willing to put the energy forward to fight every day? It's coming up this afternoon. We're loaded. We're jam-packed. we got Senator Mike Braun. We've got Attorney General Todd Rokita. And we've got you, Rob Kendall. Me and Rokita on the same show together hot day let's go saving the best for last thanks hammer it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc I